Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Jump Podcast. I am Traveling Jackie, and that was one of my favorite opening songs ever. (laughs) Those drum beats that you heard were two sticks on a log, (laughs) literally around a campfire, two sticks on a log. And those voices that you heard were two of my guides on the adventure that we are going to be embarking upon together today in this episode. So thank you for tuning in from wherever you are today. Whether you saw the name of this episode and are curious to learn about Quebec, or if you're just in the mood for an adventure escape, you are in the right place. And if Quebec is not already on your must-visit list, I have a feeling it will be by the end of this episode. Um, So let's start with, if you don't know where Quebec is, it's a Canadian province just north of New York, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine. It's in that general area. So pull out your mental map. And if you find New York City, drive north about six hours. You'll arrive in Montreal, which is sort of a gateway to Quebec. And then if you keep going another few hours northeast, you'll arrive in Quebec City, which is on the St. Lawrence River. And if you continue further north, uh, another couple hours where the map is mostly green with very few roads, you'll run into the Saguenay Fjord, which runs east-west. And that is the main highlight of our episode today. So we are going to do a deep dive into adventure in Quebec in the summertime, according to what I have personally experienced in the last handful of years. And I'm looking forward to this because I haven't really unleashed my love for Quebec on you guys yet. And there's a lot of it because, how do I say this? You know how some places just speak to you more than others? Like the first time I set foot in Patagonia, it felt like there was a piece of me already living there that I was just coming to reconnect with. I have felt that about a handful of places around the globe. It's like as if I've lived a past life there or something. And one of those places is Quebec. Every time I go, I just feel like I could stay. Like I could live there. Like I could just dive into the language and make it my home for a while. They speak French, by the way, in Quebec, if you did not know that. Um, I went back this summer, August of 2022, and it happened for me all over again. Uh, In fact, 
There's something super interesting about Quebec for me. Quebec was actually the first place I ever traveled to outside of the United States. Way back when I was like 11, maybe, um, we went to Montreal to visit some family friends. And I remember being blown away because (laughs) I never knew before in my short existence up to that point that there was a part of Canada that spoke French. And it was so intriguing to me. I even... I came home with, like, I kept one of my grocery store bags because it had French words on it. And I think I kept a loony or a toonie or something. That's their their word for the, they have a $1 and $2 coin, which I think is brilliant. Um, so I kept some of their coins. I kept a grocery bag. And that could very well have been, I mean, this is what I remember as the beginning of my foreign language journey. And so it actually played quite an important role in my life to to go to Quebec when I was like 10 or 11 and experience being immersed in a foreign language for the first time because it was after that that I came home and started studying Spanish. And then obviously everything kind of snowballed from there. So, wow, yeah, maybe that's why I feel such a draw to this place. I don't know. Um but I digress. But I do think that that all ties into why this trip to Quebec, why every trip to Quebec is a yes for me. I think Quebec is just a yes for me. And my intention for this trip was to reconnect with that feeling I always get when I go to Quebec because it makes me feel alive and at home. And it just, it certainly worked its magic again this time around. So here's what you can look forward to in this episode. First, we're going kayak camping on the Saguenay Fjord, and I hope that you're excited to hear about what that is because, spoiler alert, it is an organized trip that already has dates set for next year that you and your travel buddies or your family can book for yourselves. So I'm excited to share with you what that experience looks like, and to help with that part, we're going to be accompanied by two very special people, Simon Olivier and Felix, who, by the way, is the stick and log drummer that you heard in the opening of this episode. And these are two of the guides that you might also get if you decide to do this trip yourself. Um, And then you could have your own opportunity to have a conversation like this one because it happened during my actual trip on my actual tent platform (laughs) at our campsite one afternoon. We had a happy hour chat about the experience and the fjord. We're going to share some fun facts too about how the fjord was formed, and why there is a resident beluga whale population living in it, among other things. So if you want to join us for happy hour, get ready to grab a brew or a tea or a glass of wine or whatever and bring your own seat (laughs) to our tent platform chat. And while we will mostly focus on the fjord activities here today, I also want to give you some ideas for what to do with a couple of days in and around Quebec City because that is where you will be passing through on your way to Saguenay or from Saguenay and it is absolutely worth spending a couple of days there. So and then I'm going to close this episode with a little musical bonus listen for you. So by the time we're done here today you should have plenty of ideas to go kayak camping or to create your own super rad adventure itinerary in Quebec, which remember, 
you can drive to from really just about anywhere in North America. So be sure to check the show notes for all of the links that you might need to help you with your Quebec travel planning, including the direct booking link for the kayak camping adventure. And if you like what you hear today, please reach out and tell me how much you also love Quebec or want to go there because I feel like all these trips I'm taking there might lead to a jump weekend or some sort of group adventure trip in Quebec at some point. So I definitely want to hear if you are keen. And there are two major ways that you can have your voice heard. Um, Hit us up on Instagram at jump.adventures or find me at Traveling Jackie. And we have created a way for you to tell us what kinds of adventures you want to go on and where. Um, We now have a survey on the website, especially for you to share your thoughts. And you can find that at jumpadventures.com slash survey. The link is also in the show notes. We are already learning a lot from it and we read every single response. So please do voice your opinions there if you want to travel with us on a future Jump Adventures trip. Okay, to start today, I'm actually going to share a story from the end of the trip, uh, from the end of the fjord. And I know it's not normal to start at the end, but... I want to take you to a freaking dream world (laughs) right here on earth right now. So just come with me because this might, might be a way to show you what it really feels like to be in this place on the Saguenay Fjord. Um, Let me start with a question for you. Have you ever done a through hike or a paddle of any kind such that when you arrive at your final destination, you can look back on the trail or the river or the canyon or whatever it is with a sort of knowing in your heart. It's like, all right, can I geek out here for a minute? In Spanish, there are two words for to know. Saber and conocer. Saber is to know like a fact. Okay. So like, I know that Quebec is north of Vermont. Conocer is to know on a relational level, like I know you, I know this place well. So to continue with my point here, there is a village called Tadoussac where the Saguenay Fjord meets the St. Lawrence River. It's at the end of the fjord. It's at the end of the journey for this kayak trip. And any tourist can drive there. Any tourist can walk the beautiful boardwalk around its cute little peninsula and take photos of whales right from where they stand and enjoy the very unique scenery around them. And after that, they could say, I know that Tadoussac is at the end of the Saguenay Fjord. I've seen it or I've been there. Whereas when you earn the steps, when you earn the paddle, when you have spent days hiking a trail or paddling a river, or in this case, a fjord, you experience it on an intimate level and it becomes part of your story. You become part of its story. You know it on a relational level because you have spent time with it. You've earned that knowing. Tadoussac is a tiny village. It's a 400-year-old tiny village at the mouth of the Saguenay Fjord where it opens up in the St. Lawrence River. And the land there is shaped kind of like the letter C. So imagine that lower edge of the sea being a little peninsula that stretches away from the village and goes out to a point with a protected bay where they park all the boats on the inside to the north. And then the fjord opening up to the St. Lawrence to the south and east. Um, There's a wooden boardwalk built around this little peninsula. And you can walk the entire thing in like 10 to 20 minutes. It's not big, but it's a dream I remember 
walking by myself during we had some free time on the last day of the trip before dinner and I walked from town out to the boardwalk paralleling the fjord watching the waves and water currents and the sun sparkling on the water everywhere and a white beluga whale came happily swimming out of the fjord (laughs) heading into the open waters of the St. Lawrence and Right from the boardwalk, I watched this Arctic whale on its little whale highway just doing its thing. And then I heard a commotion to my left. And there was a minky whale that everybody was pointing at. And a minky whale is like, it's, it's kind of like the body of a humpback, if you know what that looks like. Uh, the kind with the big chin. But it has the coloring of an orca. So it was black and white. They're super cool. And they're much bigger than belugas. And when they surface, they usually surface three to four times before diving back under the water for a while. So I just stood there and watched it until it disappeared. And there were a lot of tourists out on the walk, on the rocks, watching the whales, watching the ferries, watching the whale watching boats come in and out. And I just remember thinking, these people drove here, just like I did last time. I remember being in Tadoussac several years ago. And to me then, It was just a small village with a whale museum and a lot of whale watching boats, one of which I joined for a tour and got to see some whales, which of course was super rad and it was pretty, but honestly, it was just a village that was even kind of annoying to get to because we had to wait for the ferry to cross the fjord because there's no bridge. You just, you have to take a ferry. Um, And then of course we had to wait again on the way back and we were only there for, uh, I think the whale watching tour, you know, we were only there for like a, a few hours and I thought of that as I looked around at all of these people who also just showed up here. Um, And then I looked back along the fjord, just knowing, knowing where I had seen a minky whale around the bend earlier that morning, knowing how many miles until the next campsite, knowing there's a trail high above the North Shore that one day I think I want to run the length of, Um, knowing that four meter to six meter tides are super tricky for camping and knowing how fast the wind and the currents can pick up on the water, knowing how to listen for and spot beluga whales, knowing how lucky we were to have spent the past six days paddling ourselves to this very spot where I stood. I earned that view. I paddled 47 miles to get there. I learned that fjord. I spent time there with the whales and the currents and the weather and the trees and the stars and the people. I felt like I earned it. And I will never look at the Saguenay Fjord the same again. And that's what happens when a place or a person becomes part of your story, right? So in that moment, I felt so different from all the tourists around me. And right then, in the middle of my deep thoughts, Rua, my tandem kayak partner on that trip, She's born in New Zealand and lives in Vancouver, British Columbia. She showed up right beside me. And with a huge smile, she said, and I quote, I have traveled a lot in Canada. I thought I'd seen the best of Canada. But then you come to a place like this. Isn't this the most beautiful place in the world? That's what she said. And her smile was so big. Her eyes were so genuine. I could not argue with her in that moment. Two people who have seen much of the world standing in absolute awe of our surroundings. This place is magic. I walked as far as I could out onto the rocks. The tide was coming in, so everybody was being careful not to get too close to the waves that were starting to lap up on the rocks. But 
as I stood there and looked up, another minky whale decided to pass right in front of me. I mean, it was within 50 meters of where I stood on the edge of the rocks. It was so cool. I mean, what was this place that I could just go for a little walk on the boardwalk along the water and actually watch massive whales that are really close to me? And to know that I had kayaked there, it was so different. I honestly had the exact same feeling when I hiked the Jordan Trail and arrived to Petra because all these other people had just walked through the front gate and were crowding my view. (laughs) When I had earned every piece of it over the last five days hiking there, it was the same feeling. I think it's one of those that if you know what I'm talking about, you know. And if you don't, I want to invite you to explore that. This particular multi-day kayak adventure was not easy for me. I'm used to hiking or biking trips using my lower body to propel myself forward. So I was for sure challenged, but that is one of the reasons I felt so rewarded standing there on that boardwalk at the end of the fjord. This is the difference for me from the past, my past visits there and this one. This is the difference between the two knowings and the kind of knowing you get after an adventure experience. I had known of the fjord. Of course, I'd seen it plenty of times. I had known of Tadoussac from previous visits, but I didn't know these places on a personal relational level. And this time, because of the nature of slow travel and this kayak camping expedition, it all meant so much more to me. And I love Quebec even more now. So here we go. So now that we've started at the end, let's backtrack a little bit. Um, And before we jump into that campsite chat that was five days into the experience, let me try to set the stage for you a little bit. So this was a row adventures trip. You might have heard that name before. Um, This is actually my second row adventures trip. And row designs group trips for water sport adventure seekers And in this case, their local partner in Quebec is a company called Saguenay Aventure. It's actually in French. In English, it would be Saguenay Adventures. And Saguenay, just so uh, those of you who have no idea what it is that I'm saying can understand the word itself, Saguenay is spelled S-A-G-U-E-N-A-Y, Saguenay. Saguenay Adventures is the company that actually supplied the guides and facilitated the trip, which is why you're going to be hearing from them today. So to start this trip, we arrived in Quebec City. And like I said, I'll share more about some things you can do in Quebec City towards the end of the episode. But that's where this itinerary starts and transportation to and from the fjord was included from Quebec City. So there were nine of us on this trip, uh, three lovely couples from Washington State, one New Zealander turned Canadian who lives in BC, Rua, the one that I mentioned from my Tadoussac story, and one more German girl who had never been in a single kayak before and absolutely crushed it that week. So shout out to Carmen. Um, We all got picked up at a hotel in downtown Quebec City and we were driven the two and a half hours to Shikutimi, which is toward the western end of the fjord. And that's where we met our guides and got our gear for the week, which included um, sleep sheets for sleeping bags, um, dry bags to carry both in the kayaks with us and to pack our extra stuff for the campsites. Um, We did have a support Zodiac, so they transported our extra clothes that way, which was super nice. We didn't have to have everything in the kayaks with us. Um, so yeah, that night we had to repack into the provided 
dry bags. And we were also given wetsuits and booties, et cetera, so that we could be ready to start kayaking the next morning. And we got so, so, so lucky with the weather. We had mostly sun and warmth the entire time. The only exception to that was that first day. We had a bit of clouds and wind and waves. Uh, And if I'm being quite honest, I was definitely ready to be out of my kayak by the time we found our campsite, Uh, which, by the way, there are only a handful of campsites along the fjord, and they are all um, by reservation. So we had these campsites reserved just for our group, and they are well-designed sites. They have platforms for each tent that are built along trails in such a way that they aren't all next to each other. They're kind of spread out in the forest. Sometimes you can see your neighbor. Sometimes you can't. Um, Usually there were kitchen shelters, just like simple wooden shelters. And if there weren't, our guides set up kitchen tents. But we had picnic tables at each site um, and a campfire, like a fire ring designated usually. Um, And the guides, and especially Chef Simon, who who you're going to hear from in a little bit, um, cooked for us and took care of all the dishes and everything. I mean, they even mixed our cocktails. This was a culinarily luxurious tent camping trip. Is that a word? It is now. Seriously, I cannot speak highly enough of these guides. They love their jobs. You know, when you can tell someone loves their job, that is these guys. We had four of them. And not only did they treat us like royalty and offer amazing, amazing service, but they're also rock star kayakers and musicians and conversationalists. And we were just endlessly entertained by our guides. And to this day, I am certain they were the absolute best part of this entire trip for me. Getting to know the locals is essential to getting to know a place. So we're going to help you with that today as we're going to get to know two of them a little bit better in this episode. Um, and they're going to share what they have to say about the region that they so love. So back to setting the stage for you, nine kayakers, two kayak guides, two camp guides with uh, one Zodiac support boat. We had five nights of camping, six full days of kayaking, 47 miles, (laughs) Uh, and a whale watching trip in the middle where we saw penguins, which was super rad, Um, seals, whales, birds, and a pirate ship floating on the fog. No kidding. Um, apparently it's a school actually, which I think is rad, but we ended up in magical Tadoussac with a farewell dinner that I will tell you about after this conversation, because well, this meal alone is worth traveling all the way to Tadoussac. So I invite you to grab that drink now as we are joined by local guides, Simone Olivier and Felix. I am zooming you in, in, in on the map all the way into Quebec to the St. Lawrence, to the Saguenay Fjord, to the very platform of my tent at a campsite called Pointe Paspierre on the northern shore of the fjord. It is a sunny August afternoon. The birds are singing. An occasional boat is passing by on the water. An occasional whale as well. <laughs> and we are about to have happy hour. We are currently sitting on my tent platform at our campsite, which is called Point. Point à Pierre. <laughs> Point à Pierre. Okay. Um, we are on day five yeah. of our kayak down the Saguenay Fjord. And I am sitting with Simon Olivier. Yes, I'm one of the owners of Saint Aventure. 
and then we have Felix. Yeah. <laughs> one yeah, of the guides. I'm one of the kayak guides uh, at Saginaw Outdoor. So I'd love to just chat a little bit about, oh, first of all, though, we need to open these drinks, so. One, two, three. <laughs> Ooh, satisfying. Salud. Yeah, salud. What are we? Salud. Salud. No, we say santé. 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 Yes. All right. The important part. Very Drinks good. Are open. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is a... Boreal. Yeah, Blonde. It's, um, it's one of the first uh, microbrewery that got in Quebec. And uh, that was like in the 90s. And since they, they got there, many others start to, to do microbrewery. So now it's not anymore a microbrewery because it's very big, uh-huh. but it still has its own little local, specificity. It's still yeah. a local identity that's very yeah. important. That is interesting because Quebec is very known for its beer scene. You guys have a lot oh, of good yeah. beers here. So, um, yeah, local beer. I'm going to give it two thumbs up. This is a... Pale ale. What are you drinking? I'm drinking sparkling water. It's a Oshlag seltzer. Uh, Oshlag is also a microbrewery, if I remember correctly. Is Is it in Montreal? Yes, in Montreal. Yeah, in Montreal. Very nice. Okay, well, for our happy hour, let's talk about this region. Yeah. Yeah. So um, maybe you can orient us on a map. Like, where are we and what are we doing here? Why are we in this place? Well, Saguenay region is uh, pretty much in the middle of Quebec. So if you look at, at Quebec and then you see the St. Lawrence River, in the middle of that, you're going to have a, a, a big river, which is the fjord, that enters into the north. And then you have a big lake named Lac Saint-Jean. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much in the heart of, of Quebec, as you look at a, a map, you mm-hmm. know. So actually, right now, we're at the pretty much the end of the fjord. So near the St. Lawrence River. The east end, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because we have kayaked here. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We start at the very beginning, almost, and then uh, Central Zunar, mm-hmm. and then we have then like a, like you say, like a five-day kayaking, which is, which is some good days, huh? It's a lot. It's so much kayaking. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, I do hiking trips that are this long, and this is completely opposite oh, for yeah, me. It's a, it's a completely different world. Then uh, every um, every campsite we we arrive are very different, um, though, so it's changing a lot. You know, more and more you go because here uh, the fjord has been built by uh, the glacier, so originally it was a big uh, cracks, okay, uh, in the terrestrial crust, and then um, with all the glaciation glaciation that we had, like the last. Uh, f- uh, 80, uh, especially the last 80,000 years, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, the last one left the scenery that we have. So it's like 100 kilometers long. We have like, uh, th- with the rocks and the water, uh, more than 700 meters of deep. So it's kind of uh, very impressive. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. um, and, and, some, and, and the fjord is pretty large at some place, uh, up to three kilometers. And then very nearby, it's the, it's the narrowest point. Yeah. Like Capalabu, mm. where where you've been, where we uh, yeah. hiked today. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And then, so I love this about fjords; they're very unique because they have to have three things, right? Yeah, there's okay. there's three official characteristics on uh, to become a fjord. There's a lot uh, in Quebec. It's uh, in Canada actually. It's the only one that we have um, in like in all the um, Sweden, Norway, all those Argentina, Chile, there's a lot of Patagonia. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. A lot of fjord there, but we only have one in Canada. It's the second largest one in the world. The biggest one being in, uh, 
is it in New? I think it's New Zealand or something like that. So it's pretty. Uh, we're 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 in the we're in the race for the <laughs> in the fjord yeah. race. But whatever. Uh, so what is it? What is a fjord actually? If we go to the definition, it's an ancient ice valley that was submerged by sea, so by seawater. Uh, as Simone said, in um, about 250 million years ago, there was a phenomenon that we called the graben, which created this canyon, the big crack that we are paddling on right now. It was 100 kilometers long, about two kilometers deep. Um, that had nothing in it, like only it was a big canyon. There we go. And then after that, there were four major glaciation period, and the last one being the Wisconsin glaciation that uh, started 90,000 years ago. Um, Then when the, the glacier actually uh, that was there was three kilometers deep, uh, thick, putting a lot of pressure on the, on the mountains. On the, and um, once it started melting and uh, going away into the sea, like on the, on the eastern side, uh, it actually did like a, uh, a cheese scraping on uh, all the mountain. and uh, Like a bulldozer. Yeah, yeah like a know? bulldozer. And then mm -hmm. left a lot of sediments in this canyon. Uh, filling up about one kilometer of the initial crack. And once it reached sea, it had lowered so much the, the mountain level that the sea actually um, came in the lands and uh, put it underwater. Not only Saguenay, and, uh, but also Charlevoix, which is not too far from, uh, from where we are right now, creating a brand new sea, which was called the Mer Laurentienne, so the Laurentienne Sea, I guess we can say that. Laurentian Sea? Laurentian Sea, yeah. Okay. Like the St. Lawrence River, like yeah, Laurentian. right. And then let's imagine that the terrestrial crust, uh, crust is like a sponge that got pushed by the mountain. At one point, it, it wants to get its, uh, its original form back because it's floating on, la on magma. And so with the mountain rising up, it actually separated the Laurentian Sea into different water currents, the Fjord and the St. Lawrence River. And that's where we are right now. And that all ended up about 10,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. so that's and a good thing to know is we are about a thousand kilometer from, from the ocean. Yeah. So usually a fjord, it's connected directly. Like directly. Yeah. So we are so far, but in the St. Lawrence, there's like a channel which is uh, 300 meters deep. So the water enter with the tide. And when it arrived to Tadesac, some of the water get into the fjord uh -huh. and that's why it, we have like this seawater yeah so it you know we, we look at the fjord sometimes people say oh this is a nice lake or we don't, yeah no, no, we, we get like upset with sea. that <laughs> because they say oh it's a nice lake you have in Saguenay and we're like no 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 no, no, no. get here we're gonna talk a little bit yeah so yeah. it's full of uh the, the ecosystem is very very uh we have like a, a such a nice biodiversity in that fjord and a lot of people come to to dive because a lot to see you know mm -hmm. well it's there's super a, deep there's a lot yeah. to see but it's hard actually to do it oh, yeah. you need to be professional <laughs> yeah you have to do you have to be a professional because all the uh, sediments that we talk about mm -hmm. are actually floating and always being mm -hmm. uh, moved by the the tides actually so the vision the, the visibility is not that great yeah um, and there's a lot of species that we don't know that much about mm -hmm. um, I can say like for example the Greenland shark or something like that we don't know that much about it because we've seen like one that was dead unfortunately something like this hmm. But they can actually grow to 200 or 400 years. They can what? they can get old about yeah they can get to two about two to 400 years old. That's what. And that's you've the, had them here. Yeah, yeah. Well, least. there's there's constant there's a con, there's yeah. a population in the in the fjord. It's a uh, 
a shark that lives in the deep down, uh, wow. in the deep down sea. Uh, it only eats uh, carcasses. It's not a predator, a big predator. Okay. Cleans up. Yeah, he's cleans clean, up. he cleans up. He's not using a lot of energy. His body is all like soft. It doesn't have that much t uh, torque in it. It's uh, uh -huh. like a great white shark would be. Uh, so he's not using a, a lot of energy. Uh, since he's, he's in the dark, at some point there's some par parasite that that gets in his eyes, and he completely gets blind. But it doesn't matter because he's doesn't in matter. the dark. <laughs> he's, just oh the, he's just using the current. Monsters in the deep, amazing. And it, it's wow. actually one of the third. Is uh, is in third place for the biggest shark in the world. No kidding. They can grow to five meters. Wow, that's amazing. So yeah, so we have a lot and of I just went swimming in there. No <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no worries because if he gets if he gets too, if he gets too close to the surface, he dies. Oh. Because he cannot de okay. he cannot depressurize. Wow, okay. He's not depressuring enough. So, this water does appear black, which I think is super cool too. Because most like river water, you can see brown sometimes with rain runoff, um, but it's blue, it's clear, or it's green, you know, and this. This is it's like really black, but it's from all the sediments. Yeah, it's the sediment that comes from all the the rivers, mm -hmm. and because all the, the 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 rivers around here is full of um, of well, sediment, and it's the sediment is a it's like iron sediment, mm -hmm. kind of a lot of minerals. Yeah, look mm -hmm. of minerals. So uh, it it stays on the top, and then the sun doesn't penetrate in the water because mm -hmm. uh, it's there's so much sediment. It's so thick. so that's why it looked that. That you know, that, that dark. dark, but yeah. in the meantime, it's just that the the, yeah. the, the light doesn't go yep. through, you know. Right. But you see, people always like, as you said, clear water, uh, transparent one. They go, oh, it's so exotic. In general, the clearer the water is, the poorer it is in like all the nutrients in, yeah. and, and in biodiversity. When that you have sense. when you when you enter in sw a swamp and you walk a few, like you take a few steps and there's like dust dirt and all the all that yeah. comes out that's actually really rich and there's a lot of animals in it and mm -hmm. it's pretty much what we have here in the fjord since you cannot see about 10 meters down mm -hmm. well that's just because there's a lot of things going on at the same time and that's what makes it unique and really nice so and it's easy to see beluga whales because they're yeah. white you've seen a whole bunch of yeah, we've beluga seen whales like, already we've seen today during the hike we've mm -hmm. seen some on water Mm -hmm. On the whale watching cruise, the, and then yeah, we did a whale yeah. watching cruise also. Uh, so a good, a good thing about beluga is why we have beluga here. It's mm. very uh, interesting <laughs> because all the belugas are in the north, you know, in the Arctic. So there's about a, a hundred thousand over there. But uh, when uh, Felix explained before, when the glacier left, he left a like um, uh, it got the, the the beluga came here because it was like very cold and cold water. It was there was no and then they, uh, when they got, they want to return, they got stuck because the ice was blocking yeah. them to go back mm. to Arctic. So they stay here for a thousand years about, wow. and it became their habitat. Mm -hmm. So they, they never came back to Arctic. So they have a resident population. Yeah. So they're now a resident and they, uh, and unfortunately they are on, un uh, endangered. Like endangered, the, yeah. They're endangered. Yeah. 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 So, um, there are only about, uh, 900 left. Which is very low. The official number we got this year was 889, yeah. compared to the early 1900, which there was about 10,000 in wow. the resident population only. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because of course, as Simon said, the Arctic population is completely safe. Mm -hmm. There's no danger for them. They're mm -hmm. not endangered. But it's the one we have here that we're trying to protect. And mm -hmm. we've talked about this once we got on the water, like the f 
probably the first day we got in the water. But basically, if you're in the fjord or in a major part of the St. Lawrence River, you're in the um, marine park uh, of Saint-Denis-Saint-Laurent. So it's a protected area. Uh, it's an area that was created 25 years ago uh, to protect mainly the, the belugas. But then after that, pretty much all animals or fauna and flora. Uh, flora that, that could be fine here in the in the fjord or in the marine park sorry and it covers 1245 kilometers square so from Capales which we, it's almost where we started just a further more than St. Rose then we go into the estuary and it goes like a T-shape mm-hmm. uh, on the coast mm-hmm. for uh, to Les Escoumins and on the south shore uh, on the south side is uh, Gros Capaleg so this is the region that is uh um, there's a lot of surveillance that all the, there's some patrol uh, with the Coast Guard with Parc Canada as we saw one of our good friends that you you met yesterday uh, working for Parc Canada he has a very important job trying to protect sensibilize people about this situation mm-hmm. yeah actually we have seen those speedboats coming yeah, right yeah, to we, the fjord we, we, we right, had a we situation a which is totally did, illegal yeah. yeah we got those guys re- <laughs> Right? They yeah, were reported, reported and uh, educated. Yeah. That's what he told us is that they sat with them for like half an hour. Yeah, it's and not only finding people. It's, it. it's, yeah. yeah. So that's a that's a good point actually because this whole area is a national park. Yeah, it's a national um, park in the on inland. On land. And when, when you're on the water, it's the marine park, marine which park. is okay. uh, a part okay. of federal and, and provincial park. It's like kind of a co-direction. Yeah. And so what are you supposed to do if you see a beluga? You're not trying to go like Towards toward them, it, right? So you need to go at least 400 meters from them, mm-hmm. and then technically you you're not supposed to stop uh, if you're in near a boat, right. in a 900 meter. Okay, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. so you just keep going. You keep you going. You just try yeah. and avoid them and <coughs> keep going yeah. and not mess with their habitat. Yeah. It's hard when you're kayaking because you don't have a lot of uh, you you maneuvering power. Yeah. yeah. But in a boat, you're supposed to be able to just do around them, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah. also a speed limit in the fjord. It's 25 knots per hour maximum. And once you get to some restricted areas, that because there are some, uh, you have you actually some have some zones that you cannot, like, you cannot cross or you cannot actually not sail or navigate on it, even if you're a kayakist. And you have to go around at a lower speed of 15 knots to respect the environment protected for the for the belugas mm-hmm. not to disturb them make sure that they raise and their babies in the right way do not do not get stressed for the the um, the birth actually the, for giving birth because mm-hmm. that's something that actually went up uh, recently the mothers have a lot more problem giving birth to their babies because of the sound and that's mm. dangerous for the babies but also yeah. for the mothers right mm-hmm. so you where are you, where were you born I was born in Roberval, which is uh, the Lac Saint-Jean, I told you, the yeah. north. So uh, it's like the end of the road. Okay. Of. <laughs> it's very far. And so you, why, where, did you start this company actually? Yeah, I started this company in 2007. Okay. And then um, we had such a, you know, multi-activities going on and we do a lot of logistic for, mm-hmm. for people. And then we have those bo- uh, boats, Zodiac boat and... yeah like about 50 kayaks that we mm-hmm. we run on into the fjord like as an expedition but as a daily trip as well and so we we develop a lot of partnership as well mm-hmm. like uh, this beautiful partnership we have with Row Adventure yeah. to to bring people from from 
outside Quebec, outside Canada mm -hmm. to come here. Why do you love to offer this particular sort of package? Like this kayak camping adventure, like what is With it about food? it for you? Oh, <laughs> the best food. <laughs> well, uh, Wait, it, hold on. About, We've yeah. been having salmon and filet mignon and charcuterie boards and yeah. we had smoked and salmon for breakfast the other day, yeah. wine and cheese. It's amazing. Well, so. we won't. We, we, we like to, yeah. <laughs> we, we like to share. Uh, we like to share our region, our uh, local product, uh, our our knowledge, and just having you know a, a guide job. It's not just you know you have a job and then okay you need go right to the point. It's something that sharing yourself, sharing what you have inside, and then. Uh, going on the water, it's it's it it's not just easy, you know. It's security. It's very important. So, That's so there's it's a mix of that, and and we like to to meet people, know them, what you do, and you know you have seen we just sharing like with mm -hmm. all people, the, yeah. like where you're from and what you do, and then and what do you like. So, so, so I, th I think it's all about sharing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then coming together over a common interest, which in this case would be kayaking and yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, sometimes people it. don't even know if they like kayaking or not. They just oh, we'll do that, and sometimes they don't even know if they like it. So bold. it's a big discovery. <laughs> of course, bold. they might not get they might not get on a row expedition, you know, for a six yeah. day trip. But right. even right. if they go for a daily, sometimes mm -hmm. it's always the first time, and maybe it's their last. But at mm -hmm. least they, they know now. So, and then you are actually from south of Montreal, right? Yeah, I've, I was born in Montreal and uh, raised about 30 minutes from there. Once uh, I moved, when I was three, then I left the uh, big cities for, uh, uh, like, really far regions, like the Gaspésie, which is in the peninsula in the south, in, in the southern south of Quebec, uh, for three years studying in uh, outdoor tourism. And um, during my summers, I was actually coming here in the Saguenay working for another uh, very nice company uh, as a host. And uh, I've actually discovered uh, Saguenay-Lanzo that way. Actually, I've met Simon a few years ago with that, uh, with this job I was doing. And then I got interested in the Saguenay, fell in love actually with this, with this region. And now it's been two years since I moved uh, to Labbe, which is uh, on the complete end like, of the fjord. Like we're on the estuary and now it's on the complete opposite side. And uh, as a guy, my part, uh, um, I've been working with Saguenay for like two years as a kayak guy, but that's during summer. And then during the rest of the year, I'm working at our our shop, our outdoor shop that we have in Chicoutimi. So mm. we sell pretty much all the product that we're using during summer, kayaks, paddle boards, uh, all those stuff and all the equipment that comes with it. And uh, during winter, we go for the... Uh, skiing, all the winter sports that go that that are uh, done on any slope, anything that you can uh, ride on yeah. and descent in the big snows. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, and now like uh, it's like two of my uh, big sports that I really like and really enjoy, uh, skiing and uh, kayaking. So talking about this with uh, people that come in the shop, since I've since I'm doing it as a guide or as mm. a kind of as a profession. It's easy to, as Simon said, share experience, and yeah. it's much more uh, you much you have much more credibility when you're talking about this uh, instead of just talking about a product that you don't know even, that yeah. you don't even know. So mm -hmm. have it, have, having tried it makes it much more easier, and you have much more a big confidence link between the mm -hmm. customer and the uh, 
Conseller? Is that it? What did you say? Conseller? Conseller. No. I don't You're think there's the a advisor. It's like an advisor. Oh, is it an advisor? Yeah, you can. Adventure advisor. But it's but Let's it's it's that. good that you know your product basically. Like yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's our main goal actually, giving advice, make sure that everybody has a safe practice uh, during whatever for whatever uh -huh. sport they do, and uh, of course we're like uh, reflecting that while we're doing kayak kayak expedition like this. Security yeah. comes first, then fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. If someone was going to come on vacation here or come to explore the fjord, um, I mean, I always recommend that people get guides and do a guided thing like what we're doing because it, it's just unmatched. Like when you get people like you two who can, I can just ask you anything and here you are to like share with me and whatever. It's so different when you get an experience with locals. But if somebody has their own car, um, maybe even brings their own gear or wants to rent gear, they could rent And then, yeah. do they have to get their boats um, permitted to be put on the water? Like, how does that work if they were going to do it on their own, or can they do yeah. that? Well, they can do that, but actually, we we won't rent uh, like equipment to anybody. Okay. We need people have some experience. Yeah. Because you have seen now, it wasn't that bad this week, but it can get bad. The, like the, big waves, the, water, the yeah. water, like it could rain all day. It could, you know, it, it could be a little dangerous. Yeah, yeah a little sporty. Yeah. We like so, to say. So, so yeah. it's very important for us. Sometimes people calls us and we say, sorry, we we won't be able to rent for you for any reason, like about security. Right. But most of the time, people have experience, like okay. reliable experience. Yeah. So we talk about people, and mm -hmm. and sometimes they're just gonna rent like a kayak, and they have the all gear or we can rent all together right and with Saint Navanzo we have this um, this service uh, on measure like like uh, we package it, it, anything you want you know okay so ah. it can be like just for transport your car from A to B okay. can be like uh, so so it, like custom packages yeah, you custom, do it all yeah we do that's a lot actually, of custom packages that's great because like this is a little different because people here just kind of signed up to go on this adventure that was already uh organized and designed yeah. Yeah. um but you're saying people could contact you and like create something for their own family or whatever it is that we have a lot doing. of product that, yeah. that we we show on our website for example uh -huh. but it's going to be like a way to people okay i'm interesting of doing yeah. like a, a multi-activity like four days multi-activity trip then mm -hmm. Then okay, let's let's uh, let's say in, in, in winter we work with with uh, duck sledding company. Mm -hmm. We have uh, our guide for a snowmobile. We have our own snowmobile. Then uh, we do snowshoes hiking. Then mm -hmm. we do go ice fishing. So all that it makes like okay, there's like a, a lot of activities you can do. Yeah, I'm, so I'm actually adding on the winter activities for this year. I'm. We're going to offer a brand new activity as it's called uh, sea kayaking between ice. <laughs> Winter sea kayaking. That's right. You mentioned that. <laughs> sounds, I don't even know. Because this, it doesn't, it, it does freeze over. So yeah, where, but, where are you doing but this? But from Bay St. Marguerite yeah. up to, to La Bay, it's freezing a lot. Uh, yeah. Like all of it. Yeah. Here in that area, it's not freezing. Just maybe sometimes if Ice it's hurts. like minus 30 for like a... I don't know, like so five nice. days. Because yeah. water is more salty. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Frozen sea kayaking. Frozen sea kayaking. <laughs> yeah. At for minus the brave. 30. For the brave. <laughs> I've been wearing my wetsuit every day and it's August. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, we're not going to use wetsuit. We're going to use dry suits for uh, everybody that comes in because 
it could turn really another really reason bad. to get a guide yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah a guide and and calling the local company just to have advice and stuff mm -hmm. yeah. this is pretty good mm -hmm. so yeah. you, and you're sure you have the right uh, gear for the right activity mm -hmm. sometimes we see people arriving here with like sit on top kayak and we're like Ooh, can, <laughs> can you go back <laughs> yeah. home please or yeah. just don't 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 yeah. go there like or a stop there. even a, a paddle board here yeah, would you can be paddle around but in you, the you coves have, and stuff yeah, but yeah, you yeah. can't like travel yeah. with that because when you get awake and it's i mean there are boats passing and well, actually boats, there aren't a lot well that's right now so boats are something to be worried mm -hmm. when you're when, when you're kayaking but the main thing is like the fjord on its own as we said, we're influenced by sea, so we have tides. We have a main current that's going into the estuary. And then you have to make sure you know the forecast. So you look at the wind, you know, um, you look at, the, of course, the, the, the weather. Is it going to be raining, thunderstorm, or something mm -hmm. like that? But the main thing is what's happening on water. And it can switch from, like, a very calm water to, in 30 minutes, a very bad situation. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you have to predict that. And But for something even like me... Who just started doing expeditions? I could even be surprised by some of, some of that. So, for a normal person, let's say, uh, come and want to rent a kayak, that's what Simon said. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're you're saying, okay, I've been paddling on the lake for like the next the last ten years. It doesn't matter. A lake is not uh, affected by tides and all those kind of stuff. So, uh -huh. that's why we have to always make sure everybody knows yeah. about the fjord, and we always recommend either taking a guide or uh listen to our advices before mm -hmm. because it can really mm -hmm. turn bad uh, quick but again we're saying that not to scare people no we're it's, saying that to it's protect amazing. them like, right yeah. right and and you know what about that company that is it's like saying Avanzo, which is good is we have those more luxury kayak trip you know with boat support and stuff yeah and we have like the two-day normal expedition that you just like going for one night nearby and then you know so yeah, there's you don't, you we have like a, a lot of yeah, kind of, variety, of product yeah. for yeah. every kind of right. people you know yep i love that and then so where can people find you what's the website well so we have uh we have uh signiaventure.com which is our main website for our 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 activities and then we have as well the sea kayak adventure with road adventure, with adventure so okay. that and those are particular uh trips that we have uh built uh with them with them so right. okay. there's the kayak trip camping kayak trip and there's the lodge to lodge trip mm -hmm. which is more you stay in inns and chalet mm -hmm. and then you go for yeah. one day trip kayaking then hiking yeah. then other stuff so and always with the good food and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that's a mul that's a multi activity <laughs> yeah. uh, good trip. wine good beer mm -hmm. good local beers yeah well everything here is local i mean first of all i'll say i will make sure that we put those links in the show notes so that'll be easy to find but yeah the food is amazing we should talk about that for a second because there's <laughs> there's a lot of regional a lot of regional stuff here yeah. we were just eating we our charcuterie board had like local cheeses, local um, cheeses, charcuterie. Um, we ate blueberries on our hike today. Yeah, I mean you. Oh, the blueberry thing. Our, the, you guys the, are the blueberries. Identity. Yes. Well, Simon is. I'm not. You're not because you're from Montreal. Because uh, I'm yeah. from Montreal, I like to. Maybe, you're a blueberry uh, adoption. So yeah, blueberry I'm adopted. I'm, ad you're I'm an adopted converted blueberry. blueberry. <laughs> and why do you call oh, yourselves? Oh, that's the uh, chevelure de Berenice. Yeah, that's, that's the boat. Our boat. 
So that boat is coming back from a whale watching adventure. Yeah, exactly. That would be the one that we did yesterday, right? Yeah, exactly. It was about With this time is when we arrived at our exactly. campsite. So yeah, great. Uh, what is okay, it? so, so what why is do the, you call what yourself is the blueberry, blueberry identity? Why? Because why? Uh, actually, uh, this region had a lot of um, a fire. Okay, in the beginning of the 19th century, okay. and then after those big fire, when I say big fires, almost all the region was burned. Wow! Okay? Wow! And then uh, this is purpose to to have the um, to have a, a blueberry growing after mm -hmm. a burn. So. Uh, in the all in the not the field but in the the forest we had a lot of blueberry growing yeah. and then the industry of blueberry is very strong here and that much that there's a lot of people who start in the 60s and 70s to to cut the forest and to to harvest blueberry hmm. so in in lac saint jean and a little bit here in Saguenay, which is like the same region but uh, we we have a lot of that and it's one product that that we uh, we have and it, we are recognized for that so yeah. as that people from here they got to be called by other people or the region there's the bl uh, blueberry region <laughs> there's the bluey so we are blue. i'm a bluey yeah which is a blueberry i love it <laughs> so that's our uh, we yeah. are the blueberry you're the blueberries okay yeah. that's fun so how about from each of you if somebody was going to come to quebec why why do they need to come to Saguenay? Oh. If they're coming to Quebec, why make the trip? We're two and a half hours north of Quebec City. Most yeah. people go to Montreal. Well, the, so, it's because it's the main airport. Yeah, so why why should they come here? Well, <laughs> why should they come here? Firstly, uh, it's about adventure. All the old region is about adventure. So if uh, someone want to have a good adventure, whatever the activity, can be kayaking, canoeing, can be hiking, can be whatever. Like there's so many activities we have around. So uh, and 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 main activity, but small activity around. Like we have the zoo, boreal zoo. We have like a many kind of like water sports as well, and campsite and camping. So there's a lot of adventure. Everything is an adventure because everything is far. Everything mm. is huge. You have mm. like big. Uh, or the, the, let's say isolated. They're not necessarily mm -hmm. far. They're just isolated because mm -hmm. we're right here. We're not too far from a city, like from a village, but we're but still isolated. Remote. We still mm -hmm. yeah remote. We feel and all the best exactly. places are remote. Yeah, yeah. So really. yeah, and and I think not only Saint-Aventure but many companies around uh, that we are. That's our friends because we all talk together and we we want this region to grow, but grow good you know mm -hmm. i mean not just having more and more tourists we know we, we want to have the quality and security so i think the company around are very uh, reliable and and uh, and professional so mm -hmm. it I, I think someone who comes here won't be taken charge by you know like a whatever company that doesn't have the permits doesn't have the insurance right. so everybody is very strict on that like professional yeah. yeah and we have a lot of association around the the help us you know mm. you, you have talked with julie a lot mm -hmm. uh, from mm -hmm. the tourism board the tourism board is very into the the uh, not only the adventure tourism but but especially in that so so we work a lot on that and and the the, the quality of the product is very very high yeah yeah and then, um, yeah, the fjord. The fjord is is something very interesting uh, to to attract people, but you need to make an activity on it. You know, 
because yeah. it's hard to mm-hmm. access and see right. that art that much. But if you want to yeah. live it, enjoy it, yeah, enjoy yeah. it. You need to be on the water. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's been uh, over uh, 12 years that I I run the the fjord in kayak in zodiac whatever, and I'm still amazed. I think mm. I'm more amazed than the guests that I bring mm. to it. Yeah. I'm just like that. wow yeah. all mm-hmm. the time, all mm-hmm. the time. See, another thing I could add that I can add uh, about. Uh, why you should come here in Saguenay. It is the start of everything, almost everything here in Quebec. So it has a very big historical part, a, v- a big historical part here in the development of this region. Like if you want to know about this region, of course, we can help you uh, as Saguenay Aventure go onto the fjord and relive like the same adventures as the first explorers did once they came into Sunance River or went into the fjord to discover the the, the first natives uh, tribes that were already here. And there's a lot of, uh, as I said, historical weight on this uh, on this part on mm-hmm. this region mm-hmm. in this region. So there's a lot a lot a lot to learn. Um, yeah, tomorrow we're going to Tadoussac. Tadoussac yeah, is the first settlement of Quebec that's still a settlement. So since uh, 1601. Mm. 1601. Yeah. So it's pretty much 1601. 1601. So it's quite a few. It has years. been. It has been. It, it has been the <laughs> economic. Mean, yeah. It has been the economic <laughs> center of the of Quebec since pure, since, the, pure, since uh, the early trade, days. Trade. Yeah, for tra- it's the like it was a trading center, and it's the yeah it has been there since the beginning. With Samuel de Champlain and all those guys. Who Look, there's belugas around. Oh, we got belugas really? with us. Yeah. Oh. Right in front of the. Oh my God. At the end of the plane. Of course. Like in of the middle. Of course we have. <laughs> well, we saw. Of and course. You see the the, the wind so just just today. just got down. Yeah. yeah. Look, I think there's a there. seal. See also. I see it. The, I also see what you think. You it might be a seal. seal. There's a seal there. Yeah, there's yeah, a seal. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's a seal. He just dove. Yeah, he just went down. He was. His little head so was the guy is just further. We can see the blow. Yeah, that's the trick to recognize them. Yeah, to spot them actually. Last night when we were out on the point, we had music going. People were talking, and all of a sudden, Simone says, "Wait, I think I hear a beluga." Yeah. And I'm like, "You've got to be kidding! How and do you hear was. anything in this?" And you were right. <laughs> you were right, and there were a, there was a pod of belugas passing. Amazing. What is good about beluga? It's not only seeing them, just hearing them. Oh, yeah. It's it's magic. Okay. You mean hearing them like hearing the, the sound they produce? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's like foggier, mm-hmm. and we're uh, here at Place Pierre, and then we're waiting to, you know, just nothing because it's foggy, and suddenly we hear like about sixty belugas like singing and oh. and and playing and and you're like oh my god yeah. Did, i want <laughs> i want to be part of that but <laughs> you're too far it's not it's not it's not for nothing that we also call it the sea canary the sea canary canary yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it has such a variety of chants and uh, it's actually like when he's when he's communicating when they're communicating it's actually a song because they have so many sounds that they can produce oh yeah communicate with each other um, if you ever listen to some beluga uh, sounds, because it has been recorded, so it's it is possible to listen to this. It is very melodical. It's it's wonderful. Mm. It's beautiful. Well, <laughs> now we're all enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> we're mean, all silent because yeah, there's belugas. Just watching the fjord, it's amazing. There's a pretty good view from my little tent platform right here. Yeah, I told you I would keep you I the know. best one. <laughs> Thanks for giving me the good one today, guys. <laughs>
All right. Well, well uh, enough stuff, you think? Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> and my, my drink is empty, so yeah. I think it's time. Me too. Thank you guys so much yeah. for joining me. And you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you to join and, us. Yeah. It's very cool. Oh my God, nice. it's my pleasure. This has been amazing. And I can't wait to come back and do another trip with you guys. Maybe next time we'll do the ski touring hut to hut. Oh, yeah. In amazing. two years. In two years, okay. going to be ready. I'll put it oh, on my God. calendar. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So who else thinks a ski touring adventure in Quebec would be amazing? Hopefully not just me. Um, Well, I hope you enjoyed that campsite chat. I think that was the most serious I saw these guides all week. (laughs) But they put on their super professional hats for you guys. And I want to tip my own hat to them and thank them again for being so keen to sit with me and share their home with you guys. Um, And I know that I mentioned I would tell you about the farewell dinner that we had. So now is the time for that. There is a place in Tadoussac called Chez Mathilde. Like Matilda the name? Chez Mathilde. And they offer, you have to reserve, I think, like well in advance because they had certain seatings. And I think maybe there were a couple rando people who walked in and could sit at the bar. But if you want to go to this place, I recommend getting a reservation ahead of time because they are super uh, well-known, like super popular for their menus. And the reason is because it's all seasonally farm to table. The menu, I think, varies by the night, by the week, by the month, certainly, um, according to what they can get. I mean, the chef went out and foraged mushrooms that I ate. It was, oh my gosh. So the idea is like a five-course sitting, And you choose whether you want it to be seafood focused or land animal focused uh, or a mix of both um, or vegetarian or whatever you need. And there's a further option. And then you don't get to choose what you you get. They bring you (laughs) your courses and they describe to you what you're eating. And then there's another option you can do, which is pair it with a wine pairing for each course. And so they'll serve you a different wine according to chef's choice of what goes with that meal. Um, and, and I think, because I did this, for us, this was our farewell dinner. So this the dinner was included in our trip, but the wine pairing was not. But I did the wine pairing. I was like, heck yes, I'm splurging. Like, get me the wine pairing as well, because how often are you at a restaurant where you can do this kind of sampling? And so one of the things that I learned was that the course was inspired by the wine. And so he built the courses around the wine choice in this case, which I just thought was brilliant. And I had such a good time there. The restaurant itself was gorgeous. The ambiance was um, amazing. There was a live uh, musician on the other end of the restaurant, so it wasn't too loud. It was just really nice. We had such a good time at this place, and it was delicious. So Shea Mathilde, um, I might put a link to it if I can find one in the show notes because that is absolutely worth splurging for. Hot tip. And I also think it just goes to show how well taken care of you are on a row adventures trip. Seriously, two thumbs and bottoms up. (laughs) I'm such a dork. All right. So what have we learned? (laughs) Hopefully that 
The Saginaw Fjord is an incredible adventure destination worthy of your time, and you can eat really well there. Uh, We also learned that two of the reasons this fjord is so unique are that it is 1,000 kilometers from the ocean, and it has a resident population of beluga whales. I still think that is such a cool story about the whales. I wish you could see them. Actually, this is why it's such a strange thing to do a travel podcast when travel is so visual. But I actually can give you a visual of what this trip looked like. Um, I created a video reel from this trip and published it on my Instagram at Traveling Jackie. I will link to it in the show notes. I very much recommend that you just click on it and watch it. It's only a minute because it's one thing to try to imagine a place, but it's a wholly different thing to actually see it come to life. Um, so <laughs> go watch it and be inspired to go discover it yourself and really make it come to life. And, um, while you're there, feel free, please leave me a comment. Let me know what you are enjoying most about this episode. Or if you're excited to go on this trip yourself, or if you've ever been to Quebec before, um, again, you can find it at traveling Jackie and I will put the link in the show notes as well, but it'll be the same published date as this episode. Um, I would love to hear from you. All right, as promised, I want to leave you with a bunch of other ideas for things you could do in the surrounding areas, uh, including Quebec City, so that you can have a well-rounded adventure experience in beautiful Quebec. So definitely, definitely, definitely leave time to explore Quebec City. Um, Here are a few fun facts about Quebec City. It is over 400 years old, and mind you, Canada itself is just over 150 It is the only walled city in all of Canada and the U.S., the only walled city north of Mexico. Its old town is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And are you ready for this? It has a citadel with changing of the guard ceremonies. Pretty cool. Um, I recommend at least two days in Quebec City. More if you have time, but even in two days, you can do and see quite a lot. In the old town itself, you can do a walking tour, which I always recommend for new cities because that will be the best way to get a crash course in the rich history that is Quebec and Quebec City. And it's it I think it's really important to know um, kind of the background of a place because it gives you an overall sense of just where you are and how it evolved and how the people are, and how they live and all of that. So walking tour, highly recommended. I'll put a link in the show notes. There are a ton of interesting and hilarious museums. There's a museum of bad art. I just have to say that. So leave extra time if you are a museum person because you can knock yourself out on that one. Also, there is quite a fun art scene around the old quarter. There's a lot of murals and art pieces hidden throughout the streets and corners. And um, so that is worth your while to just walk and wander. There is a farmer's market and a local craftsman's market along the water. There is a lovely walk along the water, actually, that you can do um, either to or from the Citadel, if you have that in your plans, and you can plan your timing with the changing of the guards if you want. You'll definitely want to leave yourself plenty of time to stop and eat and drink when you see something delicious, because Quebec is the birthplace of poutine, If you haven't heard of that, it's essentially French fries and gravy and cheese curds, but it's so much more than that. And in most places, it's an entire meal prepared differently almost everywhere. Um, And it's a delicious indulgence. So be sure to indulge. There's also a great microbrewery scene as well as a local gin scene. So if you're a gin drinker, whoa, 
you're in for a treat. All kinds of gins. Um, you might need to just go find a tasting at one of the bars. <laughs> also, if you're into music, here's a really cool idea for you. Check out the Summer Festival. Um, you, I can put a link in the show notes for you. This is, I think it's 11 days of music played on stages all throughout the city with major headliners every night. And I've been to this before. I did it a handful of years ago and we stayed right in the old town. You know what? We actually stayed at the Fairmont Chateau Frontenac. It's, it's like a super luxury hotel. And if you really want to splurge, check it out. Cause it's like the icon of the skyline in Quebec city too. So we stayed there for the summer festival and it was fabulous because everything is super walkable. Uh, we could walk to all the different stages. I happened to be there the two nights that Muse and Metallica were the two main stage headliners. Um, and, you know, the city just comes alive, especially during these 11 days of the summer festival. It's like right in the middle of July or early July. It's one of the it's a very longstanding tradition in Quebec City. I think they have over like 50 years of doing it. And so super fun excuse to visit Quebec if you're into music and tickets are super affordable. You might be surprised. So I will definitely drop a link to that. And if you don't stay at the super luxurious Chateau Frontenac, I do recommend staying somewhere in the old town. It's just special with its narrow cobbled streets and cafes and restaurants and pedestrian zones and shops. And so, yeah, plenty to do in Quebec City proper. And I'll put a link in the show notes for more ideas there. But if you do have an extra day to do an adventurous day trip or a half day trip, um, I think that this is an absolute must if you are in the Quebec City area. Rent a bike and ride to the nearby Montmorency Falls. You can either do this self-guided. Uh, it's a really nice bike path. And with a map, you'll get there easily enough. Or you can opt to do a guided tour if you want to meet more locals and make it easy. And I will also have a link in the show notes for this. Um, the reason to go to Montmorency Falls. It is a massive waterfall, like right outside of Quebec City. And you can go zip lining across it. You can do a via ferrata there as well, which is the sort of climbing while harnessed in and using cables and rebar, etc. There are actually three routes there now. Um, I've done one of them. And I can say of the three via ferratas that I've done, the other two being in, in Kosovo and also one up on the Saguenay Fjord, it's a real confidence booster because it was quite easy and not so exposed. At least the one that I did was. Um, and we did the zip line on the way back across the falls. So we got to have our adrenaline rush in two, two ways that day. Um, there's also a nice restaurant there with a big deck where you can enjoy the falls and the views while you eat or drink your brews. Um, so it's really a nice day trip or even a half day trip out of Quebec City. And it'll get your adventure muscles going. Another thing you can do is a river cruise. There are a lot of opportunities to get on the water because you're right there on the St. Lawrence. So keep that in mind. Just honestly, keep in mind that Quebec City is on the border of quite a lot of adventure. And so if you either drive or rent a car, which I've done a couple times there, by the way, it's super easy. Um, I even have rented a car and driven it over the border and back before through Hertz. So it can be done. It's easy. Um, but if you're close enough to bring your own car or if you can rent a car, all of that adventure can be 
yours. And I just mentioned something that I can't believe I haven't mentioned yet. The Via Ferrata on the fjord that I that I did. Um, not the one at the falls, but the one up on the fjord. If you're a longtime listener, you might actually remember that one because I did a podcast about it um, like way back in episode 72 or something. But that Via Ferrata was only part of the experience that I had on that particular trip. I'm going to add another link in the show notes to a park on the fjord. It's called Cap Jazoo. And I did <laughs> the thing that really stands out to me. There was the Via Ferrata. There was a rappel. There was a suspension bridge, like all sorts of adrenaline things. And then there was also a, quote, extreme ropes course that I'll just say was the single best use of the word extreme that I have come across in adventure travel marketing. (laughs) So if you want a real challenge in the treetops, check out their extreme ropes course. Um, They also have a regular one. They also have super cool, unique places to stay, like to sleep in. Tree houses and suspended spheres and glass domes and fun things like that. Uh, This is another reason that I suggest you rent a car. There are gems like this park hidden all throughout Quebec. In fact, one that's coming to mind right now as I'm recording this is there's also a rescue zoo up in north of Shikutimi. There's a rescue zoo that houses like exotic animals that are that have that have to live out their lives in captivity for one reason or another. And I went there once and I got to hold an Arctic wolf puppy. Arctic wolf puppy. I got to hold it and play with it. They specifically wanted it to get used to people because it had been born in captivity and you can't put it out at that point. And so they wanted it to get used to people. And so, um, yeah, there's. There's so many just hidden gems. And for years, I have dreamt of driving my truck with all of my toys, like all of my summer gear and camping gear out to Quebec during the summer so I could just have time to slowly explore and knock myself out with all the adventure that is to be had in this incredible, incredible place. So... I think we might be done here for now. (laughs) It's only a matter of time before I go back to Quebec, but I hope you are feeling inspired to go explore Quebec. And like I said, get on that survey at jumpadventures.com slash survey. Let us know where you want to go or hit me up on Instagram. Tell me if you'd be interested in a trip to Quebec with Jump Adventures because I would love to know. (laughs) And if you want to do this particular kayak camping adventure with these amazing guides in this incredible place. It is yours for the booking. Go next summer. The link is in the show notes along with all the other resources that I have mentioned. So to wrap up, we're going to close in the same way that we opened with the same song. Actually, I'm going to play the whole thing for you because it was just done so well with two sticks and a log and a fire under the stars by two guides who just go above and beyond to create a special experience. The song itself is called Degeneration, like degeneration. And you'll hear the fire crackling as well. You can imagine yourself there with us alongside the fjord under the Big Dipper, sitting around a campfire. Thank you for listening. I truly hope you have enjoyed being here for this beautiful, natural, adventurous experience in Quebec. <laughs> Ton père il a vendu 
dysfonctionnel. Et puis toi, mon petit gars, tu sais plus ce que tu vas faire. Dans ton petit 3,5, ben trop cher, frais en hiver. Il te vient des envies de devenir propriétaire. Et tu rêves la nuit d'avoir ton petit lapin de terre. Ton arrière-arrière-grand-mère, elle a eu 14 enfants. Ton arrière-grand-mère en a eu quasiment autant. Et puis ta grand-mère en a eu trois, c'était suffisant. Puis ta mère en voulait pas, toi t'étais un accident. Et puis toi, ma petite fille, tu changes de partenaire tout le temps. Quand tu fais des conneries, tu t'en sauves en avortant. Mais y'a des matins, tu te réveilles en pleurant. Quand tu rêves la nuit, d'un grand table entouré Welcome to Quebec, where we play songs on the log. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.